So this has been a tough week for the Dolan boys. My three sons are in first grade, kindergarten, and pre-K. And so all within the last two weeks, they've all started school. And so my four-year-old, Azariah, I think we have an adorable picture of him, looking cute yesterday on his very first day of school. And what happened is he went to school happy, and he came home in tears. Because his very best pre-K friend from last year is not in his class anymore. And so he said that he has given up on friendship and he is boycotting all people. So that was his first day. And then Judah, he actually came home last week with a black eye. And what happened was he was playing here at church with Joe's son Wallace, who's four, and Wallace had let Judah ride his bike, and Judah was cruising through the halls, as all pastor kids do on a bicycle, and blind corner ran straight headlong into Wallace and tipped over and it was like an epic wreck and there was blood squirting everywhere and Judah announced that it was Wallace's fault because Wallace viciously pushed him from the bike but then he wouldn't hug Wallace and let it go and he wouldn't forgive Wallace and he wouldn't talk to Wallace at all and went and hid in the van until I was done at work. And then after receiving a popsicle and a band-aid, he admitted that Wallace was kindly sharing his bicycle and really it was just an accident. But the most traumatic friendship situation of all time in the Dolan family came from first grade Benaya. Last night at the dinner table. He said, I have an announcement to make. I put down my fork. I thought, this is going to be good. I have found my wife. I kid you not. Her name is Brindley. And we met today at school. And we are in love. He continued, he said... I fell in love with her today when I couldn't find my other girlfriend, Daphne, at recess. <laughs> I was, it took everything in me to not laugh at his pronounce of love. And so I said, oh, well, where was Daphne? And he said, I don't know. I think she was sick. So when I couldn't find her, I found Brinley. And things have gotten very serious. He said, I know we're going to have a happy life together because she is kind, and so am I. And when we were racing at recess, me against the other boys, she watched me run fast and cheered for me. And because of her cheering, I won. So we're in love. But his dilemma came... When his brother said, what are you going to do when Daphne comes to school again tomorrow? And Beniah panicked a little, and he said, are you, are you allowed to have two girlfriends? <laughs> the truth is that friendship can be hard. Like, be that a first grade dating conflict, be that a kindergarten brawl in the hallway with your best childhood friend, or be that the situations you and I go through every day, trying to juggle all of the relationships in our life. So tonight we're launching a series on relationships, just the friendship kind, called 
circles. And what we want to do is help each of us begin to understand who are the important people in our life? Who are the ones that we're in relationship with and, and should we stay in relationship with them? And are they a good influence or a bad influence? Are they influencing us or are we influencing them? Because life is made up of relationships and who we spend time with and who we allow to impact us will have a huge residual effect on who we become as people and where we end up in this life. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. And Proverbs 12 says it's this way. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. The truth is, most of us end up with our friends not because we carefully chose them, like Proverbs 12 says. We end up with our friends because of something weird, like we got shoved in the same class, or we're both on marching band together, or our parents were friends in childhood, or we both had no one to sit with at the lunch table in second grade, and we ended up to, whatever it is, a lot of us choose our friends not because of some deep strategic reason, but just because it ended up that way somehow. But who we go through life with is significant to what we're becoming and where we're going. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to read it first in the New Living Translation. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Another translation says, do not be mismatched with unbelievers. And the one we're going to focus on says it this way, do not be un equally yoked with unbelievers. Now this concept of being unequally yoked is one we talk about a lot in the context of dating, which is true in that context as well, but it's also true in the context of all partnerships, friendships, business relationships, employee-employer, all kinds of relationships. It warns us against being unequally yoked, but that's a weird thing. Because we don't yoke things anymore in our generation. Back in the Bible days when Jesus made these statements and Paul made these types of statements, the idea of yoking some things together was fairly common. So I have this lovely picture that I found on Google search. And it'll let you know this is what it is. Two oxen or whatever, tough looking animal, are yoked together. And they have that thing across their neck and a hook under their chin and they're they're pulling together in the same direction. Now, there's a lot of principles at work that might be lost on us in our day and age when we don't yoke things. But, nope, just go back to the first picture. I'll call for the second. These two oxen are similarly sized, right? They look about the same size. They have about the same muscle structure. They look about the same age. And these are some things you want to do as a farmer yoking things together. This is apparently important. If one of the ox was much larger than the other, like in this second picture, what we would see is that this is an example of unequally yoked. The smaller ox is unable to pull forward on the plow or the wagon or whatever with the same strength. That means the greater burden is placed on the larger ox. The other thing that happens is one of the main things you yoke oxen together for in the day was to plow a field. So they'd set a plow behind it and it would like cut the line in the dirt, right? And you wanted to make a straight line, then you put your seeds in it, then you cover it up, right? Planting 101. We're all very good at this, right? And so if you have an unequally yoked set of oxen, what happens is the bigger oxen is pulling harder than the smaller oxen 
and your oxen goes like this. Instead of in a straight line, he goes in the direction of the bigger oxen, and you end up creating a circle. And so every farmer knows you don't strap a little ox to a big ox. You find two oxes the same size, even if they're both smaller. The idea of being equal in the relationship to pull the plow was very important. So when they're throwing this out in 2 Corinthians 6, and they're saying, don't be unequally yoked, they're talking about when you select your relationships, dating, friendship, whatever, when you have these partnerships in life, be equal. Be equal to the person that you're with. Don't be with someone way weaker than you because they will ultimately pull you down. That's the principle at work. So how do we know if we're in a relationship where we're equally yoked. How do we know when we look at our friendships and the people we hang out with whether or not we're equally yoked? Is it as simple as the other person is a believer in Jesus or is there a lot more going on in the relationship? So I read this article this week, last, well, recently, it wasn't this week, recently, and the idea of it was they did a study with thousands of people and they said, they had each of the people, each of the participants in the study, name their five closest friends. The five people in their lives that they ended up spending the most time with. So these young people listed these five friends. Then they, then they evaluated the five friends based on five categories in their life. They had the people give these friends a score. And what they found, without exception, was that the person ultimately was a sum total average of their five closest friends. That sounds a little intense, so I'm going to make it visual. We're going to break it down. Here's what, I've, what we've done. We've decided, okay, how do we translate the information in this article into a regular 4640 service? So this is my board of my five closest friends. Brittany, Jeremy, Sarah, Will, and Joe. Okay, so these are my five closest friends. I'm stuck with them in the office at all times. They're around me. I cannot get away from them. In fact, we work in a boardroom together. And my earphones are not canceling. I need to get... 24-7, boss. That's I right. I know. Yeah. Lily's... Woo! Lily, afterwards, can I get your... Okay, so we've got these categories... These are the categories the article says we should evaluate our friendships with. So I want us to take a look at what they are. The first one is academic. So as a young person, which is what this study focused on, they said that any person is a sum total of their five closest friends when it comes to academics. So I ask you, okay, before we get into this, actually, pause in your own mind right now. Figure out who these five people are for you. Who, who are your top five people in your life. Now, I'm talking about peers, okay? It's most, I want you to think of, the study was specifically about young people. So you want to have in your brain your besties, your closest friends, the person that's the co-captain of the um, team with you, whatever it might be, the five closest. Now, for some of you, you'd go, ultimately, let's be honest, I have two real friends that I'm actually close to, and that's fine. You come up with your two, but I challenge you then to spread it a little broader, because the article said we're ultimately going to gather from five. And so if you have two true friends, whether you like to admit it or not, you're probably stuck with your sibling a ton. And they influence you for good or bad. They, they, they're probably part of your five if they're also a teenager. 
You might include a first cousin that comes over a lot, whether you like it or not. They're constantly there. They're, you can't get away from them. A step-sibling that's there every weekend. So really think about it and get those people kind of locked in your brain. Have your list because we're going to keep referring back to your five. You can use a piece of paper if you'd like to jot it down. We put them there. If you don't want to write it down because they're sitting next to you and we're going to start grading them, <laughs> you don't have to. Um, it's up to you how to do that. Just memorize one with each finger. That's what Brittany did when we practiced today. Do what you got to do to keep track of your five people. Okay? Get those five. Now, if, if after true thought, you're like, JL, realistically, even when I add my sister in, I'm still really at three or I'm still really at four, that's fine. Just continue on with the exercise. But in the end, instead of dividing, we're going to do some math. I know it's crazy. You can use your calculators, obviously. Obviously. So instead of dividing by five, you might end up dividing by four or by three based on how many friends you're considering in the equation, okay? So the first category we're going to think of our friends about is academics. So the question is, how much effort and actual good study habits are your five putting into their life? Like, are they trying? Are they showing up to class? Are they getting their papers done? Are they talking back to the teachers or are they focusing? Do they, do they know what's going on? So I'm going to look at my five closest friends. Now, we're, we're all out of school, so I have to flash back a little bit. Yeah. Um, academically, let's rank these people. Okay, so the scale, the scale I'm asking you to consider is a zero means they're like a complete dropout. They have no interest in school. You can't remember the last time they went. It's a zero. A 10 is they're the valedictorian of the class. They could not be sucking up anymore. They are flawless in every project they've ever done since kindergarten. Yes, okay. I'm Fair just enough. Filming. We're, yeah, we're just we're gonna fill these in. Yeah. So so Brittany, she went to R5. So she tried. She graduated. We're gonna give her a two. R5 in it. You know, love ya, but a two. Okay. Joe, you went to science camp. I did. So you're going to score pretty <laughs> But I didn't do my homework. Okay. An eight. All right, fair enough. Sarah, she's a brown noser for sure. Give her a good score. Seven? Seven. Okay, you put her under you. Okay. Yeah. All right. You don't get, to, you don't get good. Never mind. Okay. I'm so, way lower. <laughs> okay. So now once you kind of figure out all your scores, you might take out your calculator right now. You might go to your calculator app. You might type in each of these numbers for each of your friends. So, you know, 2 plus 10 plus 8 plus 7 plus 7. You're not Russ. You can't do this in your head. So add these numbers up. Add these numbers up really quick. You know it's true. 34 divided by 5. Russ, the math teacher. All right. So then, then you divide it by 5. Okay, so you add up your numbers and then you divide by 5. Or by 4 or by 3, depending on how many friends you're counting in this average. Okay. This is a lot of homework. I did this in my head. I'm really proud of myself, so I gave myself an extra point. You <laughs> and then you had to change the average over it? Yep. Okay, whatever. <laughs> if you keep changing stuff, we might have to fire you. No. Okay. So, so what the study says, what the study says, is when you consider how hard your friends are trying academically. I'm sorry, I did it wrong. I... <laughs> Checking I, it. I did okay. it wrong, and then I fixed it. Okay. It's right now. It's right now. So. Sarah's fault. It was six point nine. Now it's seven. It's seven for sure. It's seven for sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So you add these five together. 
You divide them by five, and then you get your average. So what this says is if I surround myself with Brittany, Jeremy, Joe, Sarah, Will, I'm going to probably end up, it's an indicator to my future, if not my present, it is indicating that I'll probably be about a seven academically. Does that make sense? You see how this is working? So what, what this study is saying is you can predict the outcome of your near future by averaging together where your current friendship influencers are at. So let's take a second category. How do your top five get along with their parents? How do they talk to your parent, their parents? Do they have good communication? Are they openly communicating or are they minimally communicating? Are they being respectful? Are they being obedient? Are they following their directions? What, what, how are they, one of the staff, Brittany, you can help. How are, how are your friends treating their parents? How are your friends treating your parents? Now, if you're saying a zero, basically that would mean they are estranged from their parent and zero effort is being made either direction. If, if you're saying a 10, apparently they're like Jeremy Poland. Jeremy still lives with his parents. So he he's still lives with his sure. parents. He's perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what to say, and I'm just going to pass on that. Okay. I'm a solid five. Okay, wait. I would like to object to that five because I still have a very, very clear memory of a meeting. That's why I gave myself a five. I, I'm going to suggest potentially lower. And the reason for that is when Joe first came on my staff, his mother called and requested an appointment with me, and the topic of which was how Joe is not doing household chores, such as unloading the dishwasher. Which only takes two and a half minutes. Which my she set timed a it. timer and timed it, Ugh. and then informed me in front of Joe in my office. Worst voicemail ever to end up on speakerphone yes. in front of the whole team. It was on speakerphone when we listened to it. It was great. Ugh. It was like... Pastor JL, this is Joe Tennyson's mom, Linda, and I'm just calling because I'm having some frustrations at home with Joe and his chores. He's really underperforming when it comes to his chores, and he's blaming it on God and church, and I'd really like to have an individual personal meeting with you to discuss how Joe is awful at his chores. It was awesome. I saved it and listened to it like 10 times publicly. Okay, so Joe's gone on and filled in a few scores. I did. All right. Will sent you to 10. Will. Good job, Will. He's an only child. He's so. an only child. That's true. <laughs> and they still like him, so you know. They do that. still like him. They moved to Grand Junction to be, and they like everything we do on Facebook immediately. <laughs> Gail Britt is our, our number one fan on Facebook. Okay, so 7.8. Yeah. 7.8 is the average. So that would mean if I keep these guys as my friends, then I could expect my relationship to look like a 7.8 with my parents. This is what happens. Who we hang around with influences us. It influences the way we talk. It influences the way we treat other people around us. It influences the amount of time we're willing to invest. And that's why it's so critical. That's why the Bible says, bad company corrupts good morals. This is exactly it. Okay, spiritual. So if we're looking at the spiritual health of all of our friends, we should be an average of them. So the questions we ask is, do, do our friends know Jesus? Do they come to church on a regular basis? They may go to a different church, but, but do they go to church? Are they striving to grow in their relationship with Christ? Do they have a desire? Are they, are they reading their Bible? Are they listening to music and, and singing in their hearts and worship to God? Are they trying to pray? Are they tithers? 
Do they serve? These would be the kind of questions that we would ask ourselves when it comes to our relationship with God. Because the truth is, if we're the only Christian, if we're the only, ooh, Sarah, dang. Will said for, Will for said, her. Oh. oh, did you mean for you? Oh, I'm sorry, Will, you meant you. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. okay. Right. Not for Let's make them both four. They're obviously lying and tattling on each other. There's a lot going on over there. Okay, so let's just say you're the only Christian or the only strong Christian in your clique. Chances are that those five influential friends will begin to affect you overall. Or on the flip side, if all of your friends are strong Christians from a variety of churches trying to grow in their faith in Christ, then chances are they'll push you forward in your relationship with Christ. And so we ended up with an average... Brittany and Jeremy brought the average up, but Sarah and Will, we're at a 7.4 over here. 7.4. We're above right. average still. Five's average. We're still. We're still, we're still solidly yeah. above average. All right. So the next category is health. So like physical health. Do your friends eat things that are actually food? Like things that grow, fruits and vegetables, or, or meat that eats fruits and vegetables? You know, something that is actual, not like processed chicken byproducts. Do your friends eat food? Also, um, do they exercise? Maybe, maybe they are in a sport, so that exercise is required by, you know, just being in that sport. But, but do they exercise? Do they make an effort to get an actual night's sleep? If you sleep four hours, your friends probably sleep four hours. Okay, so are these people in your life... Sleeping, eating, being healthy, making choices to have Brit. Brittany works out all the time, but she doesn't sleep. I know. I see her at the gym a lot. Oh. What, what is that? A six. My six-year-old can make a better six. Well, I was starting with something else. And then I just okay. It evolved. Them. Okay. All right. So think through your friends. Think through their healthy habits. See where they end up. Russ, do you have the number in your brain? Oh, you already wrote it. I'm pretty smart, too, on math. We gave you a nine, Joe. I do math real good. All right, so what does it say? I, you don't do handwriting. 7.8. Oh, that look, that's an eight. Okay. It is an eight. With a little twirly do on the end. All right. 7.8. Okay, so then it's the fancy. next category is morality. So technically, for, there are people that don't necessarily have a belief in God, but they do the right thing. So the morality question would be, do your friends lie, cheat, steal? Do they chew, drink, and smoke? Do they respect their parents? Do they, um, do they do the right things? Do they fight injustice? Do they care for the poor? Are they just like generally a kind person? Do they obey the law? Do they obey the law? So go ahead, bring in the scores here. We're all 10s. Wow, okay. Joe, 10. Brittany got a 10, guys. I want to be honest here. <laughs> Nine. Joe's like, a little bit I break the law. Right? Breaking so. the law. Joe's a speeder, guys. Sarah? Sarah's awesome, she says. You I'm all are. Okay, I'm going to have to object a little bit to Jeremy Pullen's score on that one. Oh, because he's so close, though, to a perfect 10. He is close. All the way through. Zero! Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, that dropped our average a bit. Way to go, Jeremy. Dang it, Jer. Okay. 
So this is what you want to do. You want to be able to, because how do you know? How do you know if you have good friends? How do you know if they're really helping you become a better person? How do you know what's going on in your life? So this is how you know, because ultimately, you can tell how your life's going to end up. You can use this as a predictor of where you're going to be. So if you're sevens, we're like solidly sevens across the board. If this is your five, you're solid seven. Is that good? Do you want to be better? Do you, do you want to push yourself more academically? Do you want to be stronger in your connection with God? That's where you have to ask yourself some questions. Now, obviously, this, this was not totally serious, but... When, <laughs> when you look at your life, you have to ask yourself the question, who are the people that I'm allowing to be my top five? Who are the people that are having the greatest influence in my life? And did I make a deliberate decision to choose them and bring them into my inner circle? Because we have a graph that, that kind of shows there's actually layers of influence that people can have in our life. So the innerest circle of circle of friendship is your bestie. And you might have one, you might have two besties, I don't know how your life goes, but, but the bestie is the one who has the most influence with us in our life. The one that we let affect us to the deepest level of our heart, of our soul, of our being, that, that really can speak into any area of our life, that can tell us that we smell funny or that that outfit looks horrible. The bestie is the one that can get right to the center, to the heart. The friend, not so much. The friend, we have some boundaries. There's some things you don't say to a friend that you would say to a bestie. And then the outer ring is the acquaintance. The acquaintance is the kid that you sit by because you have trig together, but if you don't have trig, you're probably not hanging out. The, the acquaintance is the person that by convenience of the schedule for volleyball practice, you're spending a lot of time together, but once volleyball's done, it's probably not going to be that much going on. So if you have a person in your top five right now that's in your inner circle that's giving you low numbers, a little bit is like a little awkward because at some level there's some judgment occurring. But why we have to do this is if we go, let's just say, let's just delete a little bit here, okay? Okay? Right. Do we have the courage to say, see you later, Jer? Not, re this, not really. Jeremy, we all heart you. I don't know where you are, but we really heart you. So, but if we've come to the conclusion, wait a second, this person is, is really not contributing to my life in a way that's helping them and me both be a better person, then I need to make a decision that they don't get to be in the bestie circle. They maybe need to be phased to the acquaintanceship circle. We need to be able to make some decisions, and we need to bring in somebody else into an influential position in our relationship that's really going to challenge us and push us to be the best we can be. Because ultimately, it's not just about saying no to the Jeremy, which we're going to get into next week. It's not just about saying no and, and, and losing a friendship. But it's about we can only maintain a certain number of close friendships. And so they have to be the best friendships they can be. Secondly, sometimes saying no or losing this friend 
is the very thing that helps us become who we really need to be. And that's like a hard reality to swallow because if anything else, this generation does not want to judge, does not want to evaluate other people. It makes our skin crawl. Yet at the same time, the scriptures say that we'll know a tree tree by its fruit. And so if we have a relationship in our life that's not life-giving, that's not encouraging, that's not pushing us to be the best we can be, then that's a person we need to choose to move to the outside of our circles instead of the heart of our circle. And that's a decision that only you can make for yourself. But if you do not have the courage to make it, you'll always be average. It takes an exceptional person and a ton of courage to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smaller my circle for the benefit of becoming a better person before God and before others. That means choosing the right people and losing the wrong people. So how do we lose those wrong people? That's what we're going to talk about in part two of Circles. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you made our hearts with the capacity for friendship, that you gave us the ability to have relationships. God, we need them in our lives. And Lord, there are some in this room that are lonely, that ultimately need one or two really good friends and don't feel like they have them. God, wouldn't you send the right person into their life? And then there's other students in this room that that lives are cluttered with friendship, but none of them are authentic. None of them are pushing them towards their purpose or their destiny, but that clutter of friends is holding them back from who you made them to be. God, wouldn't you give us the courage to weed out so we can nurture the friendships that are valuable to them and to us? God, we need your help. Because we know your word says that, that wise people choose their friends carefully. And God, we want to be wise. We ask that you would impart wisdom to us in this area of our lives. And bless these students this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.